people thought I was crazy. <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> people thought I was crazy. You are from the US and you're coming here to study. You know, we're all of us are dreaming of studying in the US. So I said, I'm going to apply to that university. I'm going to try to pass the entry exam and I'm living in Bulgaria. So you took an entry exam in Bulgarian, having not ever lived and really ever studied the language, but you passed. This is the Back to Bulgaria podcast. Discover life in Bulgaria, one story at a time. Hello everyone, welcome to Back to Bulgaria, the podcast that will help you gain a perspective of what it's like to live and thrive in Bulgaria. I'm your host today, Anna Maria Andriva, and I am a crazy American-born Bulgarian who has lived in many different cities, but now I've decided to call Bulgaria my home. Together with my sister, who is just as crazy, we decided to start this podcast to showcase the different stories of people who have either moved back to Bulgaria or stayed here the whole time and are doing amazing things in this country. We'll discuss a large variety of topics from the basics of living here to building a career and a life here, the things that matter to people who are interested in creating a real impact and creating real change in Bulgaria. So today I'm super excited to talk with somebody that is not only the co-host of this podcast, but is also my sister, Katharina Andriva. Kati was born and raised in the States. When she was just 19, she packed her bags and moved to Bulgaria to study. But not only that, a year later, she packed her bags again and moved to the Netherlands to study. Before she knew it, a whole eight years had passed of her working and living in the Netherlands. Now, she's lived in Bulgaria for about a year, and I can say she is thriving here. <laughs> Not only is she a growth marketer and a freelancer who loves to help companies connect with their audiences through marketing, but she is also passionate about challenging the status quo and having deep conversations. I'm super excited for you to hear her story today because I think it will inspire you to think about living in Bulgaria because she inspired me to come here. So, hi, Kati. Hello. What a nice intro. Yeah, I, I know. honored. <laughs> of course, I have to flatter you. You're my older sister. <laughs> oh, man. Hitting me with the older. <laughs> but yeah, you're definitely an inspiration to me, and I think you're going to be an inspiration. You already are an inspiration to our audience. Well, thank you. So how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm excited to share my story with everyone. Um, I've told it many times because we often get asked this. I've been asked this story so many times. Yeah. And it's about trying to figure out how to tell the story. <laughs> so that it makes good sense and it's a quick elevator pitch, huh? <laughs> <laughs> that is my marketing mind going into play. But yeah. <laughs> before, before we get too deep into it, um, what is something that we should know about you? before we get started? Yeah, that's a, that's a good question. Yeah, you always ask it. I ask it because I think that is how you learn a lot about who's across from you and it gives a bit more context. Mm -hmm. So that being said, I would like to share, and it's, it's always how I start the story lately. It, it was a realization about myself that I made a few years ago that I am a born immigrant. 
A born immigrant. Yeah, I know it's it's a term you don't hear much. You didn't choose this <laughs> life, this life chose you. <laughs> <laughs> But what I mean by that is often people say like, either you're an immigrant or you're a first generation, second generation immigrant, meaning that you were born in a said country and because you were born there, you assimilated and you are a part of that culture directly because you were born there. But what I've realized is, at least for me, and I'm sure there are many other people as well that will resonate with what I'm saying, is that I like to say that because my mom, when she moved to the US, she learned that she was pregnant with me. In a sense, I lived through their whole immigration process when they came to the US. Yeah. From them learning the language to learning how to communicate with people in the U.S. to figuring out, okay, we are here. We need to get a job. We need to make money. We need to survive. We need to eat. <laughs> yeah, you need to eat. And I think because I was there so early on in their whole transition and journey to being an immigrant, I, I feel like I was a part of that. And... the Bulgarians or other immigrants around them as well. I kind of absorbed everything through hearing the stories, seeing certain situations develop, also seeing how they are surviving, how they are succeeding, and also seeing when things don't go as they plan mm -hmm. and life gets hard. So that's why I like to say I'm a born immigrant because I just being there physically, I feel I've gone through that journey with my parents. Yeah, you were there when they were looking for places to live because they were kicked out of one place. You were there when they were supposed to be deported, but they somehow figured out not to be deported. You were there when they got their citizenship. I was too, but I was quite younger. I was just helping them learn the answers to the questions <laughs> yeah my, my parents have been through a lot and around them people have been through a lot I saw how it's not an easy it's not an easy journey and that's something journey. I appreciate because I think it's easy to say oh my parents went to a better place for me and it's it's great to live in the U.S. it's the best place in the world I think because I have this point of view, it gives me a side perspective. It's like a movie that I get to feel and hear. So I would say that's an important thing to know about my, my experience so far early on. That you were a born immigrant. Yeah, I would say that you definitely lived through the immigrant life um, when mom and dad went to the States from Bulgaria. Uh, and I was just kind of born into it when they were already kind of settled in. <laughs> Which isn't bad. I mean, I I am happy that you get to live that experience. Yeah. And that is kind of the difference between you and me, right? You you came into our family and life in the U.S. when our parents were a little bit more settled. Yeah. They kind of had things figured out. You paved the way. <laughs> okay, moving on. <laughs> You already started talking about like how your life started, <laughs> but uh, give us an idea, a quick overview of what you were up to before you decided to call Bulgaria your home. There's quite a few phases that you went to. So let's start with the U.S. Yeah. So 
as you mentioned, I am born and raised in the U.S. I lived there until I was 19. We first, uh, together with you and my, our family, we lived in, first in Minnesota. Those of you that do not know where Minnesota is, it's in North United States. Very cold. Bordering Canada. We've lived through minus, Siberia. minus 50 Celsius. Where you can throw boiling water outside and it becomes into mist. Exactly. The culture there is a bit more colder. People are a bit more to themselves, not so outgoing. It's a bit different. Then when I was 12, we moved to Houston, Texas. Those of you that don't know where Houston, Texas is, Annie here is a big fan. Um, it's absolutely on the other side in terms of southern side of uh, the United States. And there, it, it was a hard transition for me to go from Minnesota to Texas, though in hindsight, it was a great decision on our parents' side because I wasn't used to experiencing something different, right? It was the first time I had to learn and grow in a new environment. And I actually appreciate that a lot because to give you a little bit of a background, when we moved to Houston, I my parents did not know much about zoning and about how when you live in a certain place, you go to school to a certain place. They just thought, oh, this location is decent. It's near where we have to work. It's near the center. Yeah, and they knew they would be living there temporarily, so it was just a temporary place to live until we find a house. Yeah. However... They were not so aware that this meant that I go to a certain school because there, there's zoning. And because it was in the center, um, that it was an intercity school. I went to an intercity ghetto school. And from going, going from <laughs> super white Minnesota middle school to middle of Houston, Texas, <laughs> intercity school was a huge shock for you, right? In the beginning, it was. It was a big shock because first, I think first it was mainly that I was missing my friends. And then it was about the fact that the school itself was different at that moment. Like the teachers didn't really care about the students. I didn't feel like I was being taught anything. I didn't feel like, I just felt like, okay, this is different <laughs> this is something else it was a bit of a shock yes but I'm very thankful for that experience because first it taught me how to cope with a new environment how to make friends with people in a culture that you maybe do not know so well and it showed me that you know people like to talk about racism a lot. <laughs> in the States, especially. I would like to say that I think the racism that exists is based on your actions. So I, in that school, never felt that I was discriminated against or that I shouldn't be there. Mm -hmm. It was difficult to get used to because it was different, but not because of the people and how they acted towards me. Mm -hmm. And I think that kind of set up my life from then on and how I think about cultures, how I think about people and how it opened my eyes, I think, to, to understanding 
life or getting getting a step to better understanding life. I think that also uh, it showed you actually how based on where you live and the community that you're surrounded by, the school system is so different too, which also was a negative thing that you found about the United States, how segregated really um, these underfunded schools were. Yeah, it definitely opened my eyes to the fact that not everyone gets their fair chance in the U.S., uh, that it does depend where you're born. You know, everyone thinks that, oh, it's the American dream. You climb the ladder. For some people, it's very hard to get on this ladder. That, that opened my eyes to, okay, everything is not great also in the U.S. There are things that need to be improved. Can we talk about these things? Now people talk about it a lot. So I, we were in the school for a year. Of course, we moved to another place. We went to better school. I was surrounded by a diverse group of people, whether it's uh, from Asia, whether it's from Latin America, whether it's from Europe. Yeah, you were... African-Americans. I was in a mix of all different types of cultures. But you were again thrown into a new school. <laughs> yeah, I was. You were the first <laughs> class of that school. Yeah, I was. At the high school, yeah. And um, But there I was trying to have discussions with people about, okay, things are happening in this country. Can we at least discuss it for real? Yeah. And mm. Well, you did. You did try. Once you graduated, you tried to go to college in the States. You tried to work in the States. But you eventually were like, I need to leave this place. <laughs> I decided that I don't want to be in the U.S., that it's not going in the right direction. And this was, what, 10 years ago. Um, it was a shock for me. <laughs> I'm sure it was. It was a shock for everyone. It was yeah. not an easy transition no. for anyone you were to the get first, used to. You were the first born in the family, the whole extended family, and you were the first to go, this isn't for me. Yeah. It was a shock for everyone. Um, so let's go into your next part. So I graduated high school, started, like you said, community college. Uh, because why? Why did I do community college? Because I did not want to go to university and pay a lot of money. I did not see the value of it. I wasn't like you, thinking about grants, scholarships, going to universities, checking them out. That was something I didn't go into when I was in my last year of high school. The question was always was, okay, what are you going to do next? What are you going to do next? I knew I had interest in certain topics uh, that I like to study, whether it was psychology, economics, law, but I wasn't sure. So I said, okay, I'll do community college and figure it out. So we did that. It wasn't my thing. And I said, told my parents, okay, I'm moving to Europe. <laughs> and then it was <laughs> Europe. I'm moving to Europe. Okay, you're moving to Europe. Where are you going to go? I had a few places in my mind. It was... I wanted to either study in Paris or in um, Rome. I tried to figure out, I even studied a little bit of French because like, okay, I'm going to live in Paris. I need to know French, figure this out. I learned that all the studies were only in French at that time. And my level of French was not at that level. And I wasn't <laughs> yet that committed to the idea. So that flew out of the out of the table as an option. I remember you were like, Telling me to learn French, though. 
Yeah, I did tell That's you. That's the whole reason I decided to learn French. <laughs> yeah. And and then we came here for the summer to Burgas. And my mom told me that, oh, there's a university here in Burgas. And they have international economic relations as a study. Maybe it's something interesting. I don't know. Maybe she thought I wouldn't take it, uh, the option. But we came back here. Three days later, I said, I'm done with the U.S. I can't stay here. I really felt like I couldn't stay here. Like something in me was like, you can't be here. You're holding me captive here. (laughs) That's what mom always refers to. (laughs) She told me this story, which I completely forgot about (laughs) before I heard it recently. But it it was really like a feeling in me that I can't be here. This is not where I should be. So I said, I'm going to apply to that university. I'm going to try to pass the entry exam, and I'm living in Bulgaria. So you took an entry exam in Bulgarian, having not ever lived and really ever studied the language, but you passed. <laughs> Somehow I passed, yeah. And my grandma gave me a crash course because she is a literature uh, teacher. And uh, on the grammar of Bulgarian, I somehow also passed the math side of it. So, Yeah. That's how you know when Katya sets her mind to something, it's going to happen. (laughs) (laughs) And my experience from the U.S. to Bulgaria and the university actually wasn't too bad. Like, it went well. I think that's a misconception that people have that universities here suck. I went to university even in Burgas, which I'm pretty sure even there more people will say it. it sucks. I had a good experience there. The professors were good. I made friends. What was difficult was finding friends or like a group of people who think like me, you know, it's going into uh, people thought I was crazy. <laughs> that hasn't changed. <laughs> people thought I was crazy. You are from the U.S. and you're coming here to study. You know, we're all of us are dreaming of studying in the U.S. You're crazy. Why are you doing this? And yeah, I had a rhetoric that I kept on repeating I still repeat it to this day, trying to help people understand, yeah, you can live in the U.S., go ahead and try, but it's not so easy. You were living in Burgas for about a year, mm-hmm. and then you went to the Netherlands. Yeah. You found a school in the Netherlands, you were like, okay, this place accepted me. That was a there. whole another big culture shock. That was actually a bigger culture shock for me, uh, going to the Netherlands, um, because it reminded me so much like the U.S. And I was like, what am I doing in this country now? I, I, I'm going backwards. I, I wanted to flee the U.S. I went to Bulgaria. I felt, felt well there. And now I moved to a country where it reminds me of the U.S. What am I doing? I'm crazy. <laughs> Again. But uh, with time, I realized why I had to be there. Now when I reflect, it was a place which helped me build character, helped me um, understand who I am. And it also is what helped me do what I'm doing now here in Bulgaria. And the reason why I knew I will return back to Bulgaria, that was always the plan. And now when I'm, this time that I've returned back to Bulgaria. So the first time was more about returning to my roots when I came 10 years ago, learning Bulgar- uh, Bulgarian well, understanding the culture, see what, I'm, what I didn't know about Bulgaria. And now it's more about purpose, why I'm here. I'm here because I believe I can have an impact. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Going going into the Netherlands was was a <laughs> more of like a contract thing that you had with mom and dad to go to a a school in Europe that um, was, I guess, more prestigious. Uh, but after graduating, you decided to li- to live and work there, mm-hmm. and you actually had two jobs mm-hmm. there, one after another. So after living there and after experiencing life in the Netherlands, the Netherlands is so organized. It's so like strict and but also I'd say maybe it has an easier life than here how did you decide after living in the Netherlands for eight years that you still want to come back to Bulgaria what what moment was it did you have any moment where you were like maybe I shouldn't go back to Bulgaria that moment did happen to me once so after my first job I decided to look for a job here and the Netherlands to see what comes. I applied for jobs here. I had one year experience at my previous job. Mm. I applied for jobs in Sofia. Everyone was telling me, I love chatting with you. I love having this discussion, but you don't have enough experience to work here. Then one place did offer me a job. But it was working for a company that I would not have been proud of working for, uh, selling things that are against my values. And they actually said they would match my Dutch wage. Yeah, that's insane. <laughs> but I, but I said that, no, I I can't stoop to this level of selling... Selling my soul. <laughs> <laughs> selling my soul to cheap product marketing. And the other hesitation I was... Though, so yeah, they said they would match my my wage, but the other companies were not matching or matching what I would like to get. So then I was like, okay, obviously this isn't the moment and I don't feel comfortable making a lower wage right now. I guess I'm going to go back to the Netherlands. Nothing here is coming uh, that I feel comfortable about. Let's go back. I There are people who are more open to young people working. That's what I was thinking. I will find my next job easily there back in the Netherlands and and I'll work there for as long as I need to to have enough experience and get a job wherever I want yeah but it wasn't that easy no it wasn't that easy at all it took me another six months to find a job (laughs) in the Netherlands but I did end up finding that job a good job in marketing worked there for years my company luckily was willing to allow me to work remote because I knew the time is coming like I gave myself a time limit you work for this company three years and then see if you want to move to Bulgaria Mm -hmm. so that's what happened every summer of course I come here I visit my family also Christmas but once the three-year mark came it's like okay it's time to evaluate if you still want to be living in this country and if it's time for your next chapter. Because I knew my next chapter would be that I won't be working for someone. Mm-hmm. So were you ready? Yeah, I was ready. That's that's why I moved. I was like, okay, I, I think I've taken all I can from this country, Netherlands, in terms of learning. It's given me all the lessons so far. I did not want to make roots in this country because the culture itself did not connect well with me. Mm-hmm. It's a pretty much... The nice thing about the Dutch people is that they are humble, simple people. So I learned simplicity from the Dutch culture that I didn't have before. And I appreciate that a lot. 
learning how to make things simple, how to think more simple, how things don't have to be so difficult, you know? Yeah, maybe more logical. Um, more logical way of thinking. And I'm very thankful for that. But like everything else, social-wise, culture-wise, just didn't fit me. I did learn about coffee in the Netherlands. Something to be thankful for as well. I learned about good coffee. You also traveled a lot from there. You had, you had a good time. So I had decided. a good time, yeah. But it there was a point where it was like mostly around COVID, right? So I work, and go out sleep. with friends, sleep. Work, go out with friends, sleep. Which doesn't sound bad, right? Work, go out with friends, sleep. But I didn't care what's happening in this country. I'm just here to learn. So you moved here. <laughs> yeah, I moved here. <laughs> no, for me, the decision was so easy because I know what's valuable to me what my goals are decisions are very easy for me to, to make whether it's good or not but to be honest this is a decision I did put a lot more thought into right it's been like two years okay when am I going to move to Bulgaria because I did stay a bit more longer than I thought I would because I wasn't yet sure how to move forward mm-hmm. if I should quit my job or if I could work remote if I should jump right away into my ideas of business and what I want to develop or should I give more time this was more what was stopping me but I knew for sure it will happen yeah so you decided to move here you were able to have your work be remote work from Bulgaria we had already found an apartment to live in when you got here and so you came you moved in did it live up to your expectations so I have to say, for me at least, now I know for you this experience of house apartment hunting was intense. Maybe because in the Netherlands it's even more intense, I felt it went quite smooth. (laughs) I felt it was crazy, but I just was in the middle of it all. Yeah, so a little bit of background story is in Sofia at the moment, if you want to find an apartment and a good apartment, you need to be fast. Uh, There's a high demand for apartments, renting, and not a lot of supply. Yeah, so you were sending me apartment listings and you were sending our broker apartment listings and I had to go every day after work (laughs) in the middle of Sofia where I didn't live, uh, in the the center of Sofia to look at these apartments and be ready to give an offer and have my (laughs) deposit in my hands. That's something we learned though. We didn't know that you should give a caparo, a deposit, if you're... But it was a good thing that we didn't at the time when I wanted to because we eventually got the apartment that we wanted. Yeah. And that's good. No. (laughs) Thank God. (laughs) I think the apartment that we found is the perfect apartment, though the experience was hectic. And because we had a timeline, well, we we created a timeline and a deadline of when we need to have an apartment. I don't think we could have found a better apartment. Yeah. And to give you guys an idea, it's, it's a renovated apartment. And prices here increased. That's another thing we experienced. Like in that moment of when we were looking for apartments last around this time yeah, last there year, was a drastic increase. they kept on increasing. Like every, I felt like every other week prices were just going higher and higher and higher. It was crazy. <laughs> and then the broker, so we talked with a broker. Well, Annie talked with a broker. And what did he say? He said like from end of August to beginning of October that the prices had increased how much? 
I don't remember. It was like something, I think you said 30% or something like that. 30, 40%. Which yeah. is ridiculous. I mean, this is what is happening in Bulgaria at the moment is um, prices Inflation. are increasing like crazy. But yeah. But I think everything went above and beyond my expectations so far in Bulgaria. I wouldn't say I've gone through any great challenge, but that's also maybe because up until now I've been working remote. I feel some challenges will start appearing, at least learning curves will start appearing now when I am, like I created my own company. <laughs> yeah, you had a interesting, well, you're still creating your own company because you quit your job, but continuing freelance and you had to create your own company. And... You, it was a lack of information online. You didn't know where to look. Eventually, uh, you hired somebody to help you. <laughs> yeah, it was something I wanted to do myself because I was like, this is ridiculous. It can't be so difficult for me to create my own company. It cannot be so... Like, this whole process should be more simple. Again, but this um, is something that we want to have eventually on our Zvrštine Bulgaria platform. Yeah. Information about how to do these essential things in yeah. Bulgaria. So I would say challenges are more yet to come. Oh, no. <laughs> the exciting challenges. I'd like to shout out our hosts, Resonator Innovation Hub. They are a creative technology hub offering R&D services and affordable access to cutting-edge prototyping labs, from device and software labs to co-working spaces to podcast meeting spaces. They have a lot to offer. So make sure you go check them out at their website, which we will link in the show notes below. What has impact been in your life so far here? Social life, personal life, work life. Mm -hmm. What are three things that you think have been an impact? I feel since I've been here in Bulgaria, I've had more time to reflect. How do I want to evolve moving forward? I don't know why that is. I think maybe that is because I find here people are a lot more authentic and outgoing in their own way that you kind of feel this openness to explore a bit more of who am I what experience have I have I been through how has this affected me mm -hmm. and moving forward what pieces do I want to continue developing you know <laughs> yeah I think that since you moved here you've definitely thrown yourself into the deep end of like having conversations with people, making your ideas known because you came here with a lot of ideas that you want to develop. And I see that like those ideas have like shaped themselves, have kind of changed. And um, we started Zvrštine Bulgaria because of your pushing of it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so another thing that has impacted my life here is the fact that I can easily make a connection with a person here. And I can have small talk here, which is different than in the Netherlands. Like in the Netherlands, you just talk about, hey, how's the weather? And you're like, oh yeah, the weather. Huh. Cloudy, rainy, anything new? No, Misty. nothing new. <laughs> what's new? I don't know what's new. <laughs> well, here, like when you start a conversation with someone, it's really, you can start a conversation on any topic and they will go along with it. That's That's so different than what I'm used to. I'm used to you start a conversation, they push back, and then they go back to something that they're comfortable with, like the weather, the sun. Um, like, I'm just talking about people that I don't even know very well. I'm not talking about people that I know. And the fact that I'm meeting a lot of people who are also like me, who have lived abroad and are now in Bulgaria, which is a unique community of people that I wouldn't find anywhere else. Yeah. 
Another thing perhaps is the sense of uh, family because I've lived abroad for so long. You're alone. Like you depend on yourself and sure, maybe some friends. And one thing that I've had the opportunity to learn is the fact that you have family around because they know you a bit longer, um, at least in my case. There is a unique connection there. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I would say that these are the three things. Becoming more, I guess, my authentic self, the being able to make friends and build a community here already within a year's time is impressive. <laughs> and family, connections to family. Yeah. Yeah, It's it's been... An interesting time, <laughs> I think, with a lot of a lot of uh, different experiences that we've had together since we moved here. But it's been very good, I'd say. Mm-hmm. And so, in the next five years, I know you have a lot of ideas. A lot. But where do you see yourself, and what impact do you see having on Bulgaria, and how would you like to see Bulgaria change? In the next five years, I would like more people enjoying and loving their life in Bulgaria. Because one thing that I would like to see happen is people believing that they can do great things in this country. I believe the biggest problem at the moment in this country is the fact that there are a lot of people who have lost hope or maybe never had hope or faith in the development of this country well i just mean more in like themselves in their abilities here of what can be done the opportunities the opportunities they focus so much on the governments they focus mm-hmm. so much on outward factors that they cannot con- i mean you can control who you vote for yes that is how you give your opinion mm-hmm. But there's more things that you can have an impact on that are more connected to how am I going to act and be today? How will I communicate to my friends and family? How will I communicate to the person that I go buy coffee from or that I work with every day? These are things that I would like to see improve more in Bulgaria and that people give each other more support. Because inside of Sofia, it's somewhat better. But if you go to other cities, the energy is a lot more lower. The pessimism is a lot more higher. That's one of the things that I would like to help and how I would like to impact Bulgaria is to start creating a community that will help each other, that will give each other that emotional but also mental support of, hey, you have an idea or you would like to do something. Great. And now what? Let's see how we can make it happen. Yeah, That's something that in most smaller towns you say, oh, I would like to do X, Y, and Z. And someone will say, Gupst. <laughs> what, what are you talking about? You can't do, something. Do, you can't do that here. You have to go to Sofia. You have to go to... You have to go to another country to make something of yourself. You can't do that here. Yeah. And what's also more sad is happening in the schools. Like I've been hearing a lot of people talk about this, that in school, in high school, you are... Uh, pushed and thought like they mold you that's the word mold they mold you to think that if you want to do something be ambitious you have to do it abroad yeah which is sad I think I mean it's great to do things abroad 
I'm not against doing things abroad. It's great to travel. But it's travel. not the only option. It's not what defines success. Exactly. So, and in terms of myself and what changes I would like to see happen in myself is, I guess I would like to see myself create more roots where I am. I kind of have this weird thing that I think about what people will say, like what my grandchildren will say about me when I'm gone. Really? <laughs> Didn't my, know that. What my great-grandchildren will think about me. And I would just like to think that I'm continuing on a path where I would be a role model for, and leave maybe something like a legacy, though it's a bit of a big word, legacy. It's a big thing to say, but I would like to think that after I'm gone, whatever I'm doing here, it would continue on. That doesn't just stay with me. Yeah. I think that that has already happened. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah. We'll see. You've had an effect on me. You've had an effect on our whole family. You've been considering wanting to live in Bulgaria. So, so far, so good. <laughs> oh, wow. Thank you, Kati. I, I also learned a lot from your story now. And... I think that our audience definitely learned a lot. Is there anything that we haven't covered that you'd just like to say, leave us with before we go into our bowl of questions? I just hope from this conversation, people understand that if, if you are someone who was born or lives abroad most of your life and you do feel that you do need a change or you feel like you're not in the right place right now that I hope you have the courage to continue with that feeling and to think about it and to see where that thought brings you because the worst thing someone can do is settle and think this is it like and in a negative way not in a positive way like oh this is great this is it we're like oh this is it and you limit yourself to what you can do. So if you are feeling like you, you want to travel, you want to maybe also visit Bulgaria and really explore that need if you feel it, I encourage you to actually take that step because worst case scenario, it's a great trip you have in Bulgaria. It's a great experience. You will, I promise you, you will have great memories here because the people are amazing the food is amazing the nature is amazing um and the first case scenario is you you really do make new connections and you either you create a new branch into your life of people of opportunities the chance to really have a meaningful and impactful life yeah, I think that's a great thing to say to our audience. <laughs> so let's finish off now with our bowl of questions really quick. Pick a okay. question, read it out loud. So uh, for most of you that don't know, this idea came from Anes, my, uh, my good friend from Martinez. Got it. And uh, I'm thankful for her and her ideas. <laughs> okay. Have you discovered any hidden gems or unique places since returning to Bulgaria? Oh, <laughs> this is the perfect question for me. I'm all into finding the hidden gems yeah. and unique places. But in this, the sense of the question, do we mean like cities or do we mean like 
whatever comes to mind first. Okay. I think I will share the place, uh, which it was really a hit. It is really a hidden gem with my sister, Annie. A few months oh. ago, we went to Sundansk. Yeah. Share that one. <laughs> and we wanted, it was 3rd of March. For most of you that ha- that are living abroad, being here on 3rd of March is a bit disappointing because not much <laughs> happens. <laughs> what? It is. Did Was there any celebration? Yes, there was. We just weren't a part of it, but maybe there could be more indeed. Anyways, um, go into the hidden gem. <laughs> we So I was like, okay, then let's go somewhere for a long weekend. We weren't sure where. I went in booking.com. I searched for, I knew I wanted to be somewhere in the mountains, did some research and found this place. And I was like, this looks really unique. It looks nicely furnished. Looks like they have good food. It looks like this cottage kind of vibes and colorful. And I was like, this is different. Let's go there. Yeah. This was at like 11 a.m. <laughs> that day. <laughs> that day. And we left an hour later. Exactly. So we we took the road. We went to Sundanski. We had a car at the time to use, thank God. Yeah. And we go to this place. It's a long story, which I won't get into, of how we got to the place. <laughs> if you do go to this place in the future, use their service. If you don't have a proper car and it's raining with good wheels and a good, uh, I guess, I you don't need know. a Jeep. Yeah. Just call them up and they'll come get you. So we reached the villa that's called, so this place is called Asgard. And at this moment, we get into the villa, we we clean up a bit, and then we go out and it's sunset. Yeah, it's beautiful. It, it was, was on top of the mountain, on top of Sundanski. Yeah, so it's it's on top of a mountain, on top of Sundanski, and your view, you see Pirin. It was Pirin, right? Uh, Pirin, but also Greece. <laughs> it was such an amazing view you see like these icy mountaintops um the sun is like this orange purple color and and what was waiting for us oh some great home-cooked food that and the grandpa wine, made for us and wine and, and Rikia. Rikia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was an amazing time. experience and they have so the reason why it's a hidden gem first is the place looks amazing and they built everything themselves it's wooden. Second, the view is amazing. The people are great. The people are very nice and warm, heartfelt people. And there's horses. And there's horses. We got to <laughs> ride horses. And every morning there was a really good breakfast with Mikitsi or with Polachinki. Made by grandma. That came from the village next to where we were. <laughs> exactly. It's so I think a, I think that's the hidden gem. I think that is the hidden gem. Indeed. Good yeah. job. <laughs> Asgard Horse Stable. I think that's what it's called. It will be in the notes. Yeah. Konnabaza. All right. So thank you, Kati, for your story, for your heartfelt words, and for your encouragement to so many people that are watching us. It was really a great time speaking with you again. Yeah. I'm happy to to share a bit about my story. And I hope it, it really does gives a new perspective to whoever is listening and opens their mind a bit to the new possibility different possibilities that could happen in life yeah 
So thank you everybody for watching. Um, please, if you like this episode and you'd like to hear more, go ahead and follow and subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you think that you know somebody that would really resonate with Katya's story and really get something out of it, please feel free to share uh, this podcast and episode with them. And let us know what you think, whether it's in the comments below, whether you want to DM us, we are open. And yeah, so go ahead and reach out to us. Thank you for listening today and go out and do something awesome. Bye. Bye-bye.